Hey, Border Fuel listeners. Before we start the show, I wanted to tell you why we chose to host Border Fuel Podcast on Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Two, there's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Four, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Five, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Lastly, download the Anchor app for free or go to Anchor FM to get started today. Thanks for listening to the Border Fuel Podcast. Now, let's start the show. What is up, everybody? You are back on another edition of Ballin' Over Beers. We're going to get you ready for the divisional round. I am Justin Dupengeiser. I'm joined, as always, by my guys, A.K. Howe and James Fitch. A.K., what's up, dude? Not much. Uh, just coming down from the super wild card weekend. Had some good games and had a couple duds, but overall it was a good three or six game slate of a wild card weekend. Yeah, for sure, dude. James, what's up, dude? I'm still shaking my head at all of these poor coaching decisions from this past weekend. I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, why don't we why don't we start right there with your biggest your biggest takeaways from that wild card weekend? And James, we'll let you go first because I'm sure that's where you want to go. And I, I think oh, that God. we talked about it. We were texting about it. Like, what is going on in these games? The coaching was terrible, and I think it goes back to the the first game with the Colts. I I think. Uh, Reich made some questionable calls. I, I don't know. I just feel like he made the wrong decision on a lot of a lot of things in the first half. Uh, I know there was an early punt in plus territory, um, kicking an early field goal when they could have gone for it, and then, then they go for it and they don't get any points. And um, I, There was that. Uh, I can't remember if there was anything else from the Saturday game. Uh, a lot of really... Uh, bad decisions on Sunday. So Vrabel, uh, what the heck was, what, what was their coaching plan in that game? Aside from that really bad punt uh, towards towards the end, where it just seemed like they were waving the white flag, and then um, the Saints had a bad one too, where they ended up winning the game, so it didn't really cost them as much. But they they ended up settling for a really long field goal on fourth and short, and ended up missing that. Luckily, that didn't hurt them. And then Tomlin, I just, I don't even need to go into that. I mean. They had all the momentum in the world. I think it was a twelve-point game, and he just he just pissed the game away. I just it just seemed like really scared conservative coaching, and you're just not going to win games in those scenarios. And especially in the playoffs, and it really did seem like more of the coaches were coaching not to lose the game instead of coaching to win the game. And I was really surprised by like Vrabel, I guess specifically, who has been like pretty super aggressive. I feel. In, in his tenure with the Titans about going for it on fourth down. Um, I thought that the Titans had opportunities to throw the ball. Anytime that looked like they tried to throw, 
they were getting big plays in chunks. And you, you watch that Ravens defense. I mean, they said we are going to sell out and stop the run. They had everybody in the box. They just wanted to play man on the outside, basically, and and let and really take their chance with that. And Vrabel played right into their hands. I couldn't I couldn't believe that. That was a very surprising one for me too. And like you said, the Tomlin thing again, a guy that it seems like super aggressive. You know, the, a lot of going for two usually by him going for it on fourth down. And then that punt on fourth and two when you're down twelve, I mean, you go down and score there and make it make it a five point game, and I I feel like the Browns lose that game. I mean, there's no question to me. Um, so I, I yeah, that's probably my biggest takeaway too was what a what a bunch of scared coaching going on. Um, hopefully we don't see that coming up in the divisional round. But AK, what about you? What were kind of uh, what was your biggest takeaway? Like you guys, the scared coaching, I was kind of debating all weekend if um, coaches are more scared of losing their jobs because of the turnover right now. But I don't think that should really go into like into their mindset when they're coaching. So I'm not really sure what some of these decisions were. Uh, my other takeaway was Lamar Jackson passing the ball. Is he going to be able to do that in the future? In the playoffs, um, I mean, he got his first win, but it wasn't because of his arm. No, it, it definitely wasn't. They um, they they were able to run the ball, and he was running the ball too. But even that game, that was a game that I was super high on for DraftKings purposes and stacking that game up because I thought it was going to be a shootout with a ton of points, and it was the complete opposite. It was a really kind of a dud defensive game, which I was really surprised by because especially with that Titans defense, who had been pretty porous and pretty terrible all day long they just they could get nothing going offensively um I did like the way that they used Marquise Brown a little bit more in that game instead of just constantly just sending him in on deep routes they actually ran some speed outs and some slants and some RPO stuff with him and and they allowed him to use his quickness and his route running ability to get to get open quick which I think helped their passing game so it'll be interesting if they to see if they try to um use that again coming up with the Bills uh the last time the Bills and the Ravens played was last year. And I know that the Bills played a ton of four, three cover four, and they just did what they were supposed to, like what you, what every team really should try to do. Worry about the run, take away Lamar's running ability, dare him to throw. And, you know, if they're going to play soft like that, they're going to have to be able to complete passes underneath. So we'll see if they try to use them like that again. Um, why don't we go ahead and recap our picks from the past weekend. And we're going to start with you, AK, because you are leader in the clubhouse after Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, I went three, two, and one. Um, I pushed with the Bucks. We all obviously pushed there. Um, my losses were with the Bills. I was surprised they didn't cover. I thought they were going to win by about ten, but the Colts played a little bit better than I thought they would. Um, they were Matt Stafford away from winning that game, and even Pittsburgh. They um, that first quarter was just absolutely terrible um but my three wins were the ravens and the saints then i also had the rams uh i talked about it last week the rams defense was shut down that terrible whatever happened to it offense seattle used to have so it was a uh okay first weekend three two and one so i'll take it yeah definitely pretty pretty good start i would say yeah that rams seahawks game um was interesting you called it kind of how it would happen and interestingly enough now the the Seahawks are moving on from offensive coordinator 
Brian Schottenheimer and Pete Carroll's answer to their offensive woes is just to run the football more, which is mind-blowing. But, James, why don't you go ahead and recap your picks? Yeah, so 2-3-1 uh, losses with uh, the Bills. Uh, I did. I, I didn't feel great about the minus 6.5. I, I just thought, uh, really, once I, I started thinking about it, I thought that number was a little bit inflated. Uh, they had a 14-point lead and an 11-point lead. Uh, just played some soft defense in the end and fortunately won the game, but just, just couldn't cover, couldn't hold on there. Um, Seattle lost there. They just did not have an offensive identity down the stretch. They, they, you know, you kind of mentioned that the offensive coordinator was fired because they didn't run the ball enough, which is weird because I feel like Schottenheimer is historically a running guy, isn't he? And then made a change to passing and then that wasn't good enough. I, I don't, I don't get it. That team stinks, um, so a loss there. A uh, push with the uh, the Washington football team. Um, I don't know, not much to say there. I, I I guess I feel fortunate enough to get a to get a push with uh, with Heineke starting at quarterback. Uh, wins with uh, Baltimore and New Orleans, and then uh, a loss with Pittsburgh. Um, like AK said, that first quarter just it killed them, right? You know, it was a three or four turnovers right off the bat, and you're you're kind of behind the eight ball there, so. Uh, just a just a bad showing by that team. Yeah, and uh, I brought up the rear one four and one, not a good week. I lost with um, Bill Seahawks, Chicago, and Pittsburgh. Uh, Chicago narrowly almost got me, almost got me a win on that one with some backdoor covering, but couldn't quite pull it off. Um, Baltimore was my lone win on that one, and then obviously we had mentioned the push in that Washington-Tampa game. And I'll tell you what, that Heineke, man, he, he he balled out. He played he played tough for being a guy that has kind of bounced around the league a little bit and uh, never really had a starting opportunity. And then to play like he did in, in, that, in that spot against that team, I thought was pretty tough, especially considering that he separated his AC joint and played the entire fourth quarter with a separated AC joint. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where he goes in the off season, if they, you know, if he gets a chance at least to be a full-time backup or even, you know, a potential starter somewhere on a team that maybe just is looking for a bridge guy or something. So yeah. be interesting to can see we, what it does. Can we talk about the end of the Chicago game real quick? Yeah, do it. How long has that been a rule where they don't kick that extra point there or go for two? Um, a couple of years ago, I forgot what game it was. They scored on a walk-off. It might have been the Vikings game. With Diggs on that touchdown. Yeah. That's over, that call. was an overtime. Or no, that was regulation. No, the regular season. And then all the players ran off the all the Saints players ran off the field. And it took them like 10 minutes to get everyone back on the field to kick the extra points. So I think they changed it that year. Do you think they'll change that again, with, especially with gambling being more prevalent now? Like They, they have to change that, right? Like I feel like they're going to get a lot of heat. And, and you saw... I think both FanDuel and DraftKings refunded bets. If you had placed a bet on Chicago, I think plus 11 or plus 11 and a half. I know FanDuel did it so that if you placed the, the bet pregame, you got a refund on it or you got credit on it. And DraftKings, I think, honored it to even live bets too. So I just, with that kind of action and, and sports books willing to do that, I, I don't know, like... Am I crazy to think that they they have to change that rule? I think you're crazy because I don't think the sports book should honor those bets. You know the rules going into the game, and if you score a touchdown with no time remaining, that extra point doesn't count anymore. I mean, it's just 
unfortunately for those betters, it sucks, but that's the rules. It's not like they just changed the rule in the middle of the game. Well, I'll say that the fact that the the sports books are refunding you, it just shows you like how well business is going for them. Like if they were like in trouble or not making money, they would. There's no chance they would be refunding that. But the fact that they do, they just they're getting. If if you're a new gambler and you take that kind of beat, like, are you gonna want to come back and like? No. Yeah. You, you know what I mean. You're not gonna want to gamble again. It's smart business. There's so much competition in the industry now. Um, you see a lot of the sports books too giving out you know all these promotions and free money you yeah. know for first time betters too. So I, I think it's smart business for them to do that. I just I don't know. It, I guess I forgot had forgotten that it was a rule and with so much money being gambled on the sport, like to just kind of take that those extra points away seems a little crazy to me. It it is wild to think about how <laughs> they have a chance to potentially swing a bet like that and then they just don't because <laughs> the rule is you don't you don't get an opportunity to even kick kick the ball or go for two or whatever you want to do there. Um, it'll be interesting. I don't think it'll change, but I, I do think it's smart by the books, like I said, to to do that especially like you said with the competition and the growing industry you're going to want as many first time guys and gals coming back to to bet at your book and if you're being generous saying hey sorry about the bad beat here's your money back you know keep betting with us um i think that's smart but let's talk about let's talk about the the divisional round games here um some really really interesting matchups i think this week Obviously, four games left, eight teams. Um, the first game that we're going to start with is the Green Bay Packers against the Los Angeles Rams. The Packers are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, that over-under for this game is 45-and-a-half, so not a big total. Um, the lowest, actually, on the entire slate. And why don't we start right with you, James, and where are you going in this game? I'll take the points with the Rams. I, I think this is a good matchup for them. Um, you've got Ramsey on Devontae Adams. I, I think uh, you could you could possibly expect him to take Adams out of the game. I know that sounds crazy, but uh, I think he'll, he'll limit uh, him there. Uh, Justin, you and I were talking about uh, who's who's going to be the tackle for the Packers on the left side, and I think that's the side that Aaron Donald's on. I think that's uh, a matchup nightmare. I think the Rams are going to be able to run the ball uh, all over a, a soft Packers run defense. I, I think Green Bay wins this game. Um, I, I, I mean, I think the Rams have a, a shot to win. I think the quarterback play there is going to be pretty important. But overall, I, I just think the Rams match up well. So I'll, I'll take the points with them. Yeah, um, I'm on the same same side as you. I'm, I'm going to take I'm going to take the Rams in this one. And I, like you said, I think Green Bay wins, but I think this is a three point game. I think it's close, and I think it's. Most of the reason is because, like you said, to be able to run the ball in the defense, and it'll be interesting to see what the what the Rams do defensively in the secondary. Because obviously Devontae Adams is is the alpha for the Green Bay Packers as far as receivers go, but the the Rams have Ramsey and the and little known Darius Williams on the other side, who is absolutely playing incredible this year at the other corner spot, who's also very good. So it would be interesting to me if they if they put Ramsey on like MVS. And then they just say, all right, we're going to put Darius Williams on Devontae and we're just going to give him help. So we're going to double, take Devontae out, and then we'll say, Ramsey, you just take care of the other side of the field. And then, you know, then then what's your answer, I guess? And I could see them absolutely doing that. And we'll get to this in, in, in DFS, but that's why I think Aaron Jones might be might be a sneaky play here um, for, for DraftKings purposes. But it is certainly an, an interesting matchup 
the Packers are the number one scoring offense in the NFL. Rams are the number one scoring defense. Um, AK, what what side are you on on this one? I am on the Green Bay Packers side on this one. Um, we're recording this on a Wednesday night, and Aaron Donald didn't practice again today with rib injuries. He says he feels really good, but you never know with rib injuries. Cooper Cup's also banged up. The Rams really don't know who their starting quarterback's going to be yet. Aaron Rodgers, when he has two weeks to prepare for a game, is 10-5-1 in his career against the spread. I think with the two weeks to prepare for this, Aaron Rodgers is by far the better quarterback here. And, yeah, the Packers have a little soft rush defense, but when they're up, you know, 14 or 21 points is the Rams quarterback, whoever it is, is going to be able to score enough points to get them the backdoor cover. I just don't think that's going to happen. No, that's all very valid, all very valid. And the other interesting point, um, and I don't know how much it matters now, but, you know, L.A. indoor dome team going to Green Bay, probably going to be cold, not really used to the conditions. I mean, it's supposed to be in the low 20s, so. Yeah, just our dogs are talking now on the podcast. They want they want to talk to each other about the games. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know how much that'll matter. I don't know. It's always the narrative of, like, the indoor dome team going outdoors into the cold. Can they, you know, handle it or whatever? So just another thing to think about um, in that situation. Next game, big game. Ravens, Bills. Ravens are two and a half point dogs. Over under in this game is 50 points. Um, this line has actually been kind of moving around a lot. It was two and a half to start, then it dropped to one and a half, and now it's back to two and a half. So I, I, I don't know what was the cause of that line movement. I, I think a lot of money came in on one of the sides to kind of move it that way. Um, but for me in this game, I'm going to go with the bills. I think that they, they're going to, they're going to do enough to get it, to get it done. I, I think it'll be a close game. Um, I think that this game could actually be another low scoring game. The over under is 50. I don't know if I want to exactly bet the under in this one, but it is a game that I can see being like a 24, 20 type type battle. You know, that game that we thought we saw last week with the bills and the Colts, that was a 27, 24 game. Um, in a game that, you know, I think more people expected more points out of that one too. So I think this will be a low scoring close game at, at the end of the day. I think that the bills make enough plays offensively to, to kind of get it done. So I'll, I'll be on the bills side for this one. AK, what about you? I am on the Ravens side on this one. I actually kind of like the money line as well. Um, a little interesting fact here. Last week, the Ravens played the Titans, who were averaging 396.4 yards of offense. And this week, they're playing a team that's averaging exactly 396.4 yards of offense a game. Um, I know it's completely different styles of offense, but I just thought that was pretty crazy that back-to-back weeks, they're playing a high-powered offense. Um I don't think the loss of uh, Zach Moss is really going to hurt the Bills that much. He's They're a throwing team, but that could hurt him. I think the Ravens' defense, his corners, are good enough to hold the Bills' receivers. Diggs and Cole are a little banged up. Don't really know how that's going to affect them. The big thing is the Bills' rush defense. <clears throat> giving up 
last week, 5.4 yards a carry. And Dobbins and Lamar are much, I mean, they're just weapons out there. So it's going to come down to if the Bills can stop the rushing attack from the Ravens. And I just don't think that's going to happen this week. Yeah, I think that'll be the the big test. You know, interesting, the Ravens run game versus kind of the Bills pass game. What What is going to kind of win out in this situation? James, this is your Bills. Are you going to go against them here? No, I can't. I just can't do it. Um, the matchup scares me. I, I will admit that. I, I think the Ravens uh, definitely have some advantages in this game. But as a short home favorite, I, I think the Bills can definitely win this by by three or four. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to rely on the athletic linebacking core that, that the Bills have uh, to help, um, you know, limit what Lamar does. He's he's going to get his carries. He's going to get his yards. Dobbins is going to get his yards. They're going to find some success on the ground. Um, I just think the Bills' offense is going to put up points. Mark, the matchup with Mark Andrews scares me. We saw the the Colts' tight ends put up big big yardage and, and fantasy points against the Bills' defense uh, last week, so that, that matchup scares me too. Um, at the end of the day, I don't know. The Ravens only put up, what, 20 points on a, a very one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, if the Bills can really force Lamar to, if they can get up uh, big early and force uh, Lamar to throw the ball, I think they have a big advantage there. So it's going to be a, a great game to watch. Um, I, I just, I think the Bills can, can win this by a field goal. So I'll take them. Very good. Yeah. You know, it would be interesting to see too, is I think that a special teams play could end up um, playing a big role in this game, both, both coaches are, are known to kind of be sticklers about special teams and, and good special teams play. So I could see, you know, something crazy happening on either side, you know, whether it's like a muff punt or a, a big punt return or a block punt or something like that, um, really kind of changing the game or, or making a big impact on the game. Um, so that'll be something interesting to watch. But next game we have is another a- the other AFC battle. And that is the Cleveland Browns versus the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are a 10-point favorite. Um, the over-under there is 57 points, which is the highest uh, over-under on the slate. The Browns coming off of um, a huge upset over the Steelers um, in a game that I certainly didn't think that they were going to be able to win. Um, and the Chiefs obviously coming off of that first-round bye. AK, we'll start right with you. Where are you going in this one? I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs laying the points. Uh, I just don't think the Browns are going to come out and cause all the turnovers and get the fluky plays like they did last week against the Steelers. I think the second half is more how you're going to see this game go for the Browns. Uh, I think Kansas City's offense has been a little stagnant the last couple weeks, and they're going to get back on track and pretty far. Browns scoring more than 21 so I gotta take uh, Kansas City laying the points James what about you yeah I uh, I like Kansas City in this one too I, I think they should win easily uh, they they have a great track record Andy Reid has a great track record coming off of buys they should be pretty well rested it sounds like they're gonna get uh, CEH back in, in this game um, the Browns will be getting Denzel Ward back. It, it does sound like so. I think that's big for them, but I, I just don't think it's going to be enough. Like AK said, they got a lot of 
fluke turnovers in the first quarter that that really set them up last week, and I just don't see that happening. Um, I I just I expect the the Chiefs to roll them. Yeah, this could be a clean sweep. I'm also going to take Kansas City and lay the ten points. Um, I think the big matchup here comes down to basically the Browns' pass defense against the Kansas City Chiefs' um, pass offense. And, and you know, it's a the Kansas City team has seen two high safeties more than any team in the league this year. Um, and a lot of that has resulted in Travis Kelsey just dominating this year pretty much every single week. And I think that's going to happen again. The Browns give up, you know, the tw- their 28th per DVA against tight ends. Their 29th per DVO- DVOA against the deep pass. Their 29th per DVOA against third down passes. They're, they're just not a good pass secondary, and, and, you know, that's for the whole season where they did have Ward. Um, you know, we just watched the Steelers throw for 501 yards and in four touchdowns, granted, that four picks and stuff, and granted, you know, a lot of that in the second half was trying to keep stuff from underneath, but, I mean, that was a 12-point game at one point. It's not like they're just sitting in prevent the entire time. Um, I think they, they got kind of comfortable there for a little bit when they were up 28 nothing, but once once the Steelers started scoring, um, you could definitely kind of see things change there. So I expect a big game for Kansas City's offense. They're, they're going to be rested. Hopefully they'll be healthy. I know there's um, talk Sammy Watkins did not practice today, um, but really this offense has been so much so much Tyreek Hill, so much Travis Kelsey this year. Um, you know, you could see McCole Hardman maybe sprinkled in, in Demarcus Robinson, but I, I, like, I like a lot of the uh, – a lot of the pieces in this game as well in, D- in DraftKings when we get there. But I'll take the Chiefs laying to 10. And then the last game in the divisional round to kind of round us off here for um, the four-game slate is the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Drew Brees-led New Orleans Saints. This will be the third time these guys play this year. The Bucks are three-point underdogs. The over-under is 51.5 points. Um Super interesting matchup if, if you look at it from a quarterback perspective. I think the combined age is like 40 or 85 or something like that, they said. Just two Hall of Famers. Potentially Drew Brees' last year. Um, the Saints have been super close in, the, in all these last few playoffs. And now they got you know Brady and the Bucks standing in their way, a divisional opponent. James, what, what side are you going on this one? I'm going to take Tampa. Um and Justin, you and I were talking about this before we went live. I, I, I saw something that I think Tampa is going to be a heavily backed underdog. I think they're getting a lot of the money, which drove the line down. It was three and a half. Now it's at three. Um, this is one of those situations where you always hear, you know, it's it's tough to beat a team three times in a season. Uh, I think Tampa has that going for them. I don't think they're going to play nearly as bad as they played in their uh, last matchup in, in prime time. We don't have to worry about Tom Brady playing in prime time here, um, at least not as late as normal. Um, I don't think either teams looked good last week. I think Tampa looked a little out of sync. Godwin was dropping balls. I know Evans wasn't fully healthy. Who knows what happened with Rojo? I know a lot of DFS players are, are pissed off about that. Um, but that being said, I just don't think the New Orleans offense looked very explosive last week either. And um, I think it's going to be a really tight game, a really close divisional game here. So I'm just kind of taking the points and, and hoping for the best. Yeah, I'm going to be on the opposite side there. I'm going to actually take the Saints in this one. Um, I, I think the Saints are just a better, more complete team. 
Uh, I think that we've just seen so many ups and downs from Tampa Bay this year that I, I don't know if you can can really trust them. I mean, I know there's no fans really. Um, I just New Orleans might have limited fans or whatever, but you know the game being there I think does help a little bit. Just being at home, you know, is, is a different thing. Um, this is a game that I actually I really like the under in in this game quite a bit. And then, you know, as opposed to, like, I actually love the over in the Kansas City-Cleveland game. That over-under is 57 for that one. And I love the over. This one's only 51.5, and, and I like the under. I think it's going to be a really low-scoring, close battle, defensive battle um, with two teams that kind of match up pretty pretty well with each other. And they're obviously going to know, you know, kind of each other's strengths, each other's weaknesses. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what, what adjustments are made by each of the coaches um, for, for this game. But... I'll take the Saints, even though they're three-point favorites here. AK, what about you? I was pretty torn on this game. Um, I do like the Saints minus three for our competition we're doing here. Uh, but if I was betting in it, I would kind of lean towards the Bucks, just because right now there's no VIG on the Bucks. It's even. So I kind of just like that because of the VIG. That's how close it is for me right now. But for our competition, I'm taking the Saints. Um, minus three. If you look at the games in the this year that the Bucks have struggled, it's been when Tom Brady gets pressured. The Saints have the eighth most sacks in the league this year. I think they continue to get to Brady. I'd like um, Michael Thomas. He looked good last week. Kamara's a stud, and Drew Brees and Tom Brady are both great. But my heart's just with Drew Brees to get another title. So I'm just gonna go with my heart here and just take the Saints minus three for a competition. Very nice, very nice. Why don't we go through and just recap our picks real quick. I'll start. I took the Rams um, as six-and-a-half-point underdogs over the over versus the Packers. I took the Bills as two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Ravens. I talk, took the Chiefs laying 10 against the Browns, and I took the Saints and minus three against the Bucks. James, why don't you give the quick recap of your picks? Yep, so I'm on uh, the Rams, the Bills, the Chiefs, and uh, Tampa Bay. And AK, you're almost the exact opposite of him, I think. What do you got? I got the Packers, Ravens, Chiefs, Saints. Very, very good, fellas. Let's go right into our DraftKings portion of the show. This is going to be a super fun week. I'm, I, I actually really am glad kind of the the... Um, DraftKings, they, they decided to just put like one basically main slate as their Saturday Sunday games, like both of them combined, instead of last week where they had like the Saturday, full Saturday slate, full Sunday slate, and a Saturday Sunday slate. So I'm, I'm glad it's like the main slate is, is the Saturday Sunday combined. Um, but let's talk right away about kind of what jumps off the board to you, just in general, whether it's a stack, whether it's a player, anything like that. Why don't you start, James? Yeah, I think Cam Akers is a free square this week. Uh, he's he's too cheap. They didn't adjust his price enough for me. He's only at fifty seven hundred. He's going to be uh, a cornerstone of every single lineup that I submit. I think he's going to uh, get a lot of work. I think he could have a good game against a weak Green Bay rush defense. So, uh, really like him. Um, and then probably the two primary. Uh, games or, or I guess stacks that I'll look at involve the the Bills offense. So your your Allen digs with maybe a Mark Andrews bring back, and then uh, the Chiefs Browns game. I, I like the 
I haven't built any lineups with Mahomes and Hill. I'm probably leaning more towards a, a Mahomes Kelsey stack with uh, a Hunt Higgins comeback, something like that, or, or probably the, the the two big stacks I'm going to look at right now. Ak, what about you? Did anything jump jump off the board right away for you? Aaron Rodgers at 6900 actually jumped off the board pretty easily to me. Um, I know he's been putting up great fantasy points all season. And to be him that much under the other quarterbacks is just a little shocking to me. About, I mean, yeah, you have to pay up for Devontae Adams, but if you stack him with like MVS at 3,800, it gives you money to play Kelsey and or Hill, maybe pay up for a Camara. So paying down for Rodgers a little bit and then having that deep threat with MVS is kind of a little interesting stat to me. That's interesting. Um, let, let, let's let's start right there. Let, the, the quarterbacks that I'm looking at right now, um, one is Patrick Mahomes. I already mentioned how much I love the Chiefs-Browns game. I love the over in that game. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring. Um, when the Browns have played top 12 scoring offenses in the league this year, if you take away the two really bad win games that they had, the Raiders in the Browns um, game and the Texans in the Browns game. Those were really bad win games. If you take those out, the combined score in those games averaged 66 points, right? So they've given up a ton of points. So I'm, I, you know, I pull up their schedule, I'm looking at it. They, they gave up 30 and 34 to the Bengals. They gave up 38 and 47 to the Ravens. They gave up 35 to the Titans. They gave up um, 22 to the Steelers in the week that they sat their starters, but then they gave up um, 37 and 38 in the, in those games. They gave up 38 to the Cowboys when Dak was still playing. So this is a team that's going to give up points. I already told you how bad they were defensively. So I'm going to look to get pretty much every piece of this Chiefs passing game that I can get. And it starts with Mahomes and then Kelsey for me. I, I told you about Kelsey as far as – how he matches up against that bad Browns defense, pass defense, and especially against tight ends. Um, but one of the other interesting things I was looking at doing was actually playing like a Baker stack because if, if this game goes how people expect it to and, and how I expect it to, I think the Chiefs are going to be up a lot. So the, Brown, the Browns are going to have to throw the ball. So if you go with like Baker at 5,300 and you bring him back with like a Landry who's only 56, you're going to be able to get access to Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey in this game, um, and that's going to be able to, I think, be pretty easily done. So that's kind of something that I was looking at um, as far as my favorite stack, definitely the Chiefs, and then potentially something with that Baker, just as a different way to differentiate, because in a game like this where there's only four games, you're going to have to find ways to differentiate your lineup um, for sure. James, you talked about the Bills stack here and how you like Allen and Diggs. Um, do you have any interest in Cole Beasley at 5,300 or does him being kind of banged up um, make you nervous? I do have interest. Uh, obviously the injury concern is, is there, uh, but he was able to put up, uh, I think seven for 54 last week. So um, at that price point, um, you know, if he were to give you, I, I think where you can take advantage of the Ravens' defense is, is down the middle of the field. Um, so I, I think the Bills will look to, to rely on him, especially on, you know, those those short yardage third downs. Uh, I think he's kind of the go-to there. So 
I do like him at that price point in that matchup. So if I'm looking at a Bills stack, uh, I'll definitely consider that. I'd like Singletary, too. At first, I was a little, I think, AK, you had asked about him. Um, I was a little skeptical at first, but at that price point at 4500 when I'm building lineups with expensive guys like Mahomes, Kelsey, uh, I like Michael Thomas a lot this week. Um, you know, getting a, a cheap running back option in there, too, at, at 4500 uh, it's pretty good, especially with, with Moss being out, and we don't really know if it's going to be Yeldon or, or, or Antonio Williams being kind of uh, the backup there. So they may rely on Singletary and get him involved in the passing game this week too. So I like him as well. I think I think that's uh, the, the interesting point right there is with Singletary, he he really doesn't have much competition now. I, I, I don't think that you can rely on like a TJ Yeldon in the playoffs or an Antonio Williams, who really he looked great in the in the last game of the year against the Dolphins there, but he could end up getting a ton of work. And you know if he's catching passes, maybe he can fall into the end zone at forty five hundred dollars. He could end up being a pretty nice play, like you said, if you're trying to get in some of these higher price guys. Um, Ak, I know you talked about this this Packers stack. Does the fact that they're going against the Rams make you like it more, or? Is it something where you just think that maybe the Packers are kind of inept to, or you know, they don't have to worry about any any defensive matchups or anything like that, or is it you think people are going to stay away so it can make them a sneaky play? Because that's kind of where I was thinking. I don't think a lot of people are going to go to this Packers stack because I think they want to stay away from the Rams defense. Yeah, I think people are going to try to stay away from the Rams defense. And a lot of people are going to try to play, you know, the Mahomes versus the Browns, Lamar running versus the Bills. You know, Josh Allen's been a fantasy stud. So I just see a lot of value at $6,900 with the Rodgers. Um, I know we talked about it a little bit in the betting part, but Rodgers has been unreal this year. And the Rams' defense is, is a little banged up. You do have to worry about Ramsey on Devontae Adams. That's why I was kind of thinking about fading Adams with it as well and playing someone like MVS. You saw this year he can score on those 80-yard touchdowns. If he gets one of those, his 3K pays off immensely for you, and paying down for Rodgers lets you take Kelsey or Hill or pay up at other positions. Yeah, that's it's an interesting thought for sure. Um, I, I don't know how much exposure I'm going to have to this Green Bay Um Rams game. I don't like that. It, the fact that it's the first game makes me leery of stacking it too much. I like to, you know, maybe like James said, I love Cam Akers. He might be in every single one of my lineups. It just the, the volume at his price is just, he's just too cheap. So he might be the only person I really go to. And then maybe, maybe a Devontae Adams as, you know, we'll see what his ownership comes in later in the week and if it's super low then yeah i'll definitely i'll definitely take a chance on him because the amount of volume that he ends up getting at the running back position ak up top the only one that is a priced above seven thousand dollars is elvin kamara and he's seventy nine hundred dollars and then you have aaron jones at 68 nick chubb at 6600 and jk dobbins in the six thousand range is there any one of these top four guys that you like more than the other or um, where are you going to go to any of these guys up top or, or are you looking other places and more paying down options at running back? I really don't mind if any for these guys, I mean, you can make a strong argument for all four of them. Um, the one I probably like the least maybe is Nick Chubb. I think cream hunt 
may fit the game script a little bit better again this week, um, especially if the Chiefs get up quick. If the Chiefs score, you know, two or three touchdowns in the first couple of possessions, the Browns fall behind. Maybe it becomes the hunt game. So out of those four, I like Chubb or yeah, Chubb the least. Um, Kamara's always a monster, and Dobbins going against that porous Bills rush defense is uh, pretty enticing. But you never know about Lamar poaching goal line touchdowns. That's his downside. So any of those four are good but like i said i think chubb is the least out of those four out of play james what about you do you have a preference to any of these guys are you going to try to get any of them in your lineup or are you looking at like you mentioned before the kareem hunts and the uh, cam Akers of the world yeah i'm i'm looking at paying down a little bit i i don't have any lineups right now with any of those guys in um camara is kind of interesting because we don't know the status of murray yet uh, i think even Taysom's a little banged up too so if, if either of those guys can't go or both, you're going to see Kamara be the workhorse. But against a, a strong rush defense with Tampa, I don't feel great about him at that price. Um, Chubb is, is a, 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 I don't know, I'd, I'd rather just spend down and, and, and play Hunt there. Dobbins scares me. He's got a great matchup. But going back and looking at his last one, two, three, four, I think six games. I mean, these are his attempts. Last week, nine attempts. The week before, 13 attempts. The week before that, 11 attempts. 14 attempts. 13 attempts. 11 attempts. He just doesn't get volume. And at that price point, it, it's a little concerning. He does, I mean, he scored touchdowns in each of those last six games, so that's nice. But I don't know. I mean, he, he got us, what, 10 points last week? I don't know that that's going to be a, a, a slate breaker for you. So I, I just, I don't know. I have, I have concerns with that. Jones is interesting. I think, Justin, you brought him up. I, I think he could be a sneaky play. I don't think a lot of people are going to want to. But I'm probably leaning towards playing Akers, and, and I don't want two running backs gone uh, on that Saturday slate. So I'm, I'm just going to probably stay away there too. Yeah, I think that if I'm looking at any of these guys, if I had to rank them, I'd go Jones, Kamara, then Chubb, then Dobbins. I'm right there with you with Dobbins. I just He just gets – so many touches poached from him from Lamar and Gus Edwards that it's so hard to rely on him. And if you're going to spend six thousand, I'd rather just save the five hundred and I'd I'd go down to Clyde Edwards Alaire. Um, I just I think that the Chiefs are going to end up using him. He's practiced in full. Uh, if you think back to the Chiefs run last year in the playoffs, Damian Williams got a ton of catches and he got a ton of run, um, ton of play designs drawn up for him. He's going to get goal line work. So. I think that he's an interesting way to get um, access to this Chiefs offense that isn't directly related to, like, a passing stack. Um, so he, he's an interesting play for me. And I, I do like Jones more than Kamara, and I think it's from what I just said before about how I think that if you're the Rams, you're going to really focus on probably taking away the Devontae Adams of the world, and that might leave room for underneath. So if you have... Let's say they go the way of they put Darius Williams and then give him help. So they're double-teaming Devontae Adams, and they put Ramsey on the other side. Well, now underneath you're going to get um, Aaron Jones, you know, arguably either on a safety or a linebacker, and I think that's a good matchup for the Packers. So they might look to, look to get him involved quite a bit, and I think that he might be pretty decently uh, under-owned because of that Rams defense. Um I'm going to throw a little cold water on the Kareem Hunt thing for you guys. I know you're both interested for the passes and stuff, but 
Does does it worry you, AK, that he only has one target each of the last two games? He has no more than eleven touches the last four weeks. I mean, last week he 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 scored well because he had two touchdowns, but that was on nine touches. Nick Chubb right now is is the dude that is getting all the work. I mean, he's getting carries. He had a, he had four targets last week. Um, week sixteen, he had five targets. So he's even getting catches where normally he would not. Do you think that just the passing script they might lean to hunt more, or or do you think that uh, I'm on to something here with maybe potentially fading Cream Hunt? Because I think a lot of people are going to end up going to him as the player that they bring back with on the opposite side of this Chiefs offense. It does make sense to fade him if you're looking at those numbers, but in those games they really weren't playing from behind. It's that's the key difference I think is going to be in this game is. You don't want Chubb out there when you're playing from behind. When you're playing from ahead, you like Chubb out there. He's the better running back. But I think Hunt is the better third down elusive back. So I still like Hunt, but you should be a little weary just because of his targets. But if you have to pay down at somewhere, the 4800 is still, I think, decent value for him. Very nice. Yep. So uh, let's move on and talk about wide receiver really quickly here Um, because we've pretty much talked about just about everybody, I feel. Um, The one guy I will ask about, and we talked about a little bit when we were talking about, well, two two guys. John Brown, we'll start with there. Um, James, he, he had the goose egg. I had him in a couple lineups last week. Is he somebody that you think that you'll look to go back to at all as part of those bill stacks, or is it pretty much, pretty much just Diggs and Allen that you're going to be leaning on in this Bills passing attack? Yeah, um, I, I was for, I had him in uh, some cash lineups, and I was fortunate enough to cash in those lineups, getting getting the zero from him, getting the goose egg. Oh, but, him and Corey Davis yeah, really killed me last week. Uh, obey. That was tough. I think, I think you can go back to him. I think a lot of people are going to be afraid of it. I don't have any lineups with him yet, but I, I'll think about. It. Um, I think people are going to be afraid, like I mentioned, to to go back to that. And he ran just as many routes as Diggs last week. He only had four targets and just didn't come come up with any of them. So, I think he's a play if if you want to get a little contrarian. I, I just think you're. I don't think he's going to be very highly owned. Aka. Um, Marquise Brown on the other side of that game, he we talked about him a little bit earlier how he got a little bit more work. Do you think that this is a game where he'll get enough volume? I know you like the the Ravens of this one, and I think if you like the Ravens, it's probably because of the rushing attack. So, are you looking at Marquise Brown at all in this one, or is it probably just more of a Mark Andrews type deal for you? I think it's a little bit more Mark Andrews. Um, the Bills are successful to passing over the middle. If they line up Hollywood in the slot, I think he could have a big game. Uh, if you have him on the outside, I think Trey White can shut him down. So I would just lean more towards Mark Andrews. I think you have a better floor with just as high a ceiling. Yeah, and and right now Marquise Brown is only lining up in the slot 23% of the time. So it's not something that they look to do very often. I, I think that's probably a lot due to his size. He's just he's very small. Um so he's not one that's usually going to want to be going over the middle, I don't think. And then I guess the last question that we really haven't talked about much of the passing game other than Michael Thomas from this Bucks and Saints game, it's something 
and man, it's really tough for me. Um, I think that if we talked about this a little bit earlier about before we got on the air about leaving, you know, your flex spot open and leaving spots to be able to pivot um, to certain people. So if you're, you know, let's say you're up, well, you can play a chalky player and you can still stay in the money. But if you're down, you're going to want to leave that spot open to pivot to some low end guys to see if you can take a shot to, you know, just kind of get in the money. Um, James, do you have a preference for any of these box wide receivers? Or are you just going to try to stay away from them as much as possible? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of like Antonio Brown. I just like the cheap option. Uh, I think we've seen him get a lot of work, uh, the, the last several games. Um, I, I'm probably going to try to stay away from him as much as I can, but if I'm going to play any of them, I, I don't know. I just like the cheaper option. I, I, I like Michael Thomas a lot on the other side, so I'd rather spend the money there. Yeah, I, man, I think I'm with you. I got, I got to dig in a little bit more to these guys. I, I, I don't. It's the other part that's tough is like, you you can never really tell who it's going to be. Is going to be Evans or Godwin or Brown or, you know, what what is it going to really? Cameron look Brait. Like? Yeah, exactly. Cameron Brait. Like, I mean, I think Gronk was another one. Like he got nothing last week. You know, Antonio Brown only got three targets, but it does seem when he's out there, he's getting the high priority targets with where he's in the end zone and stuff like that. So, that's super interesting. Um, if we look at tight end real quick, this, this to me is pretty much a pretty cut and dry situation, which means it's probably obviously not, (laughs) but to me, I'm either playing Kelsey or I'm playing Andrews and I'm going to be playing Kelsey almost in every single one of my lineups. Um, if I do like a two tight end, I I could see myself potentially looking into, to that. Maybe if I want to throw, you know, like a Kelsey and like, let's say I leave that, you know, flex spot open and, I need to get some points or I need I need to differentiate my lineup or something. I could throw in like a Jared Cook potentially against the Bucks, but Kelsey's seventy eight hundred dollars and he's he's well priced above the next guy, which is Andrews at five thousand. But I think those are two pretty clear best plays on the board. I know AK you said you liked Mark Andrews for this Ravens team. Are you looking pretty much anywhere else? Or is this something that you're looking at? I'll tell you the other thing. If I'm bringing back some of these Browns lineups, looking at it now, I do like Austin Hooper at 3,800, and that could be a potential double tight end stack. And a lot of that is because the Chiefs are not good at defending um, the pass against the tight end either. So, AK, are you looking anywhere else at tight end? or You might be able to convince me to play um, touchdown Tanyan if you are playing Rodgers. Um, it is a little nerve-wracking. He doesn't get that many targets. But it seems like when he does catch the ball, he is in the end zone. He does have 11 touchdowns on the year. But I guess if you want to be a little different, Tanyan would be the play at 4,200. I'm going heavy on Andrews and heavy on Kelsey this week. Yeah, I'm the same way with you. So on the year, um, for the teams that are left in the playoff, left in the playoffs, the Bills have given up the most points to um, tight ends on the year then the Cleveland Browns, and then the Kansas City Chiefs. So right there you got, you know, your Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, Austin Hooper. So that's super interesting to kind of look at there. Um, If we look at defenses, James, anybody defense that you like, or is it just whoever fits in your lineup? Yeah, it's it's whoever fits this week. Uh, I was looking at the Buffalo defense at 2,900. They're cheap. 
I, there's a chance that Baltimore offense just lays an egg. I, I'm not fully expecting it, but we've we've seen them look bad this year. Uh, so it's a possibility. Um, but yeah, if I'm especially if I'm stacking the Bills, uh, I kind of like the defense in that situation. Um, but other than that, I I don't really like the Rams this week. I just don't think Rodgers is going to make a lot of mistakes. So I'd, I'd probably look to stay away from them. Yeah, that's where I am too. I, I, I don't like the Rams pretty much at all. They're only $2,600, but Rodgers just, he tends to not take sacks and he tends not to turn over the ball. So that's that's bad news for DFS defensive uh, defenses. They, I guess I'll be on the opposite side as you. I know you said the Bills. I, I'll, I like the Ravens a little bit. Um, if I'm paying down, they're $2,800. So I don't mind getting to them. They pressure the eighth most of anybody in the league this year. We saw last week, you know, the Allen threw potentially an interception in the end zone that got dropped, and then he came back and he had a fumble that got recovered by the Bills. So, you know, he gets a little loose with the football from time to time, and that, you know, as much as they pass, there's just always the the chance that that could happen. You know, Marcus Peters on the other side of the ball for the Ravens, he, he is a ball hawk, but he also is a guy that could let up, you know, a – 80-yard touchdown to Stefan Diggs, but then the next play get the interception. So it's kind of give and take with him, but he does have a tendency to to make interceptions and make plays in, in um, big games. So I'll, I, I'll take the Ravens as a pay-down option potentially there. But like I said, nobody nobody huge that I really like. Um, I don't want to go to the Browns if I don't have to, obviously. But I'll, I'll take whoever I can kind of fit in my lineup. AK, anything different there for you defensively? Or are you kind of the same page as us? I'm on the same page as you guys. Um, the Bills or the Ravens. I just think both quarterbacks can throw an interception or make a dumb play in, you know, trying to scramble in the backfield, trying to extend a play that could lead to a, a you know, fumble return for a touchdown. I think the Bills and the Ravens have the highest chance of scoring on the defensive side. So either one is a fine play by me. Could you guys, either of you, see yourselves paying up to $3,600 for the Chiefs defense? It seems like if the Chiefs get up in this game and they're having to, you know, the Browns are having to throw the ball, I mean, Baker, with pressure, you know, I could see him throwing a pick or two. And, and also, McCall Hardman has a punt return for a touchdown already on the year. He's a guy that could, you know, break one at any point. James, do you like the Chiefs defense up at all if you're looking to pay up, or are you just – you're just not going to pay up for a defense. I'm not getting there. I don't think I, I have expensive taste elsewhere. So I, I just don't see myself getting that high in a defense. I'm right there with you. Um, any closing thoughts DFS wise, AK? Uh, not on DFS. No. James, any closing thoughts? No, I think we covered everything. Yeah, I guess the last thing, just to reiterate, make sure that you're trying to leave at least the flex spot open to be able to pivot and late swap and do all that stuff. Think about every single game that goes by, you have more and more information, so you can continuously kind of revamp your lineups as you go and use the information that you have at hand. Um, I guess that would be my biggest thing. But any, any teasers, parlays, any other bets that you guys are looking into, I'll tell you right now, my, my favorite two bets of the weekend right now are the over in the Kansas City-Cleveland game and then the under in this New Orleans and Tampa Bay game. Hey, James, you got anything that really sticks out that you like, an over or under or any parlay or anything like that? Uh, the 
points scares me. It's a lot of points. Um, I don't know that I can get there on that total. I, I like the Chiefs minus 10. Um, Justin, you and I were talking about this again before AK jumped on. This this matchup, Cleveland-Kansas City, is very similar to, I think, two of the matchups Kansas City had in the playoffs last year against uh, the Texans and the Titans, both teams that they probably weren't expecting to play. If I recall, the spreads were similar to that in each game. I, I want to say they were both pushing 10 points. If, if not, they were there. And we saw Kansas City cover the spread in each of those games. So this is just another spot where I, I feel it's a lot of points. I, I get it. A lot of people are going to be backing. A lot of the Sharps are probably going to be backing the Browns. But uh, I just feel really good about Kansas City uh, boat racing the Browns on this one. So that's that's probably going to be my uh, my favorite look uh, spot to look at. AQ, what about you? Props, money lines, part lines, anything like that? Uh, today I placed a little bet for Mark Andrews for any touchdown at plus 200. We talked about it a lot on the show already about the Bills' defense and tight end, so I'm not really going to get back into that. And I also like uh, Michael Thomas for the Saints for any touchdown at plus 120. I think both of those have a better than 50-50 chance at scoring a touchdown this week. So if you bet on both of them, one of them scores, you make a little bit of money, and if both score, and you had a nice little weekend on touchdown props. Very nice. I like both those numbers. Good numbers for both, but... All right, dudes, great show. Let's uh, let's end it like we always do by giving our beers of the week. And AK, we will start with you. Today I am drinking Sip of Sunshine by Lawson's Finest. It's one of my favorite all-time beers, and it's something you all should try if you like IPAs. I do not, so I will not try it. But thank you for the recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> James, what about you? I've had that one. It's good. It's one of my favorites as well. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna keep things a little bit light this week, and I'm gonna go with a, a sour uh, from a, a local brewery here called Rising Storm. It's called Hawaiian Punch Sun Moon and Sours. Tastes just like Hawaiian Punch. It's just one of those situations where it shouldn't taste as good as it does, and it's it's phenomenal. So yeah. check it out. Yeah, I've had that one too. Super super good. Um, and I will actually give you. <laughs> this is gonna be. Might sound a little girly here, but the Truly Iced Teas. I, I, I hate this pick. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the Truly Iced Teas. So I, my wife got it this weekend, and I had to try one just to try it, and they are good. I'm telling you right now, the peach one, it tastes like peach iced tea. And if you like iced tea, this is like a 5%er that is very, very good. So um, I, I would recommend giving it a try if you like those t- sort of things. But you got to take your man card and <laughs> yeah. it over. That's true. It's probably true. That's probably true. But it's pretty good, I'm telling you. Um, all right. Why don't we tell everybody where we can find each other or find us on Twitter and all that good stuff, and we will get out of here. James, you can start us off. Yeah, I'm at Fitchy224. AK. Twitter, Kenny True Love. Action Network, AK underscore B-O-B. And you can find me, as always, on Twitter at JDiz1617. Make sure you are heading over to Border Fuel Sports, where we have our podcast. Um, if you like this podcast, we have a whole family of podcasts over there talking about pretty much everything that you could think of in as regard to sports. So go check that out. I'll have my DFS article out tomorrow. My, it's called Edge Factor, where I will give out two of my favorite plays from each position and go a little bit in-depth in that. Um, if you're liking the show, make sure you're sharing around, make sure you're telling your friends, your family, 
Um, get it out there. We love doing what we're doing, and I think that we got uh, some big stuff coming up here. Once football's calmed down here, we're gonna get um, we're gonna keep it going. We're gonna go right into golf season. So if that's your thing, make sure you're jumping on and doing that. And uh, we might actually even be switching over to some video type stuff. So uh, super excited for what's to come, guys and gals. We appreciate you guys being here. And as always, we'll talk to you next time.